guys welcome back to unbreakable latina this is your host melina i hope you're having an amazing day and you had a wonderful week i had a pretty good week i've been forcing myself to go to the gym and that's always nice because it gives me energy it also helps to have a workout buddy the other day my friend ruben and i went to the gym and we were just gossiping for like 45 minutes on the cycling bike y se fue el tiempo super rápido I told him, I'm like, we need to do this more often because having a workout buddy is so nice because time just flies and next thing you know, you spend an hour at the gym and you worked out hard. So last week, my friend Angela, who you guys know, she's a repeat offender here at Unbreakable Latina. I'm just kidding. She's a repeat guest. Uh, She surprised me with tickets to Besame Mucho, which is a festival that was held in the parking lot of Dodger Stadium and it was actually yesterday so today's Sunday it was on December 3rd and I was really excited because I was like oh how nice of her to take me she wanted to see uh, a lot of the rock bands so she's a little rockera and she was really excited I was excited too because you know if you saw the lineup it was most of the music we grew up listening to like OV7, Banda Machos, Los Rileros del Norte, all kinds of people. So I was pretty excited. Friday, I had some doctor's appointments, so I went to try to get an outfit, and I reminded myself que tengo ropa en la casa. So that's my new thing. I'm going to start um, reminding myself and having this affirmation of I don't need a new outfit every time there's an event because I am guilty of always wanting to wear something new every time I go somewhere and I actually had a really cute outfit here at home <laughs> so that was nice I kind of knew that this festival was going to be a little chaotic to get to because I'm a Dodger fan I know what the stadium's like I know how hard it is to get in there and the festival is actually held on the parking lot of the stadium so I knew that limited parking was gonna happen and you know LA um I don't go there often because I get exhausted looking for parking (laughs) and I was looking at parking options and how to get there and all that there was this um announcement from the festival that said that there was going to be only limited parking and only four people per car. And Angela and I are two people, so we weren't going to be able to park at Dodger Stadium. But they had another option, and it was taking a shuttle from Union Station. It was free. And I have taken the metro to the stadium and got the shuttle. It was very easy, but, you know, during a game, there's still a parking lot and people drive to the game. But this time, that didn't happen. So we took off pretty at a decent time you know we wanted to be there with good time we got there we were in line to park at union station and bam se cierra el parking lot because it's too full so we thank god that i had a backup plan and i had prepaid for parking at another structure which is like two blocks down we get to the structure and there's a sign that says garage full. And I was like, are you kidding me? But there was this car in front of me that wouldn't leave. And we were kind of arguing with the people from the parking lot. And I think the person in front of me also had a prepaid parking. So I call like Spot Hero where I got my prepaid parking. And I was like, hey, they're not letting us in. And as I'm talking to them, finally, the lady lets us in. I said, oh, they let us know that you guys do have prepaid parking. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to show you. So we get to the parking lot, park all the way hasta arriba, and we're like, okay, good. And we start walking towards Union Station. As we approach, we see a line, like a crazy line for the shuttles. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I knew it was going to be like this, but like, I had no idea. We had to go use the restroom. So we like ran inside Union Station and we're using the restroom, we walk out, and we hear this worker telling some girls, like, hey, you guys should just take the other train, because the line outside is four hours, and I was like, four hours? It's like 11, we're gonna get there halfway through the show, so we took the metro to Chinatown, we got off on Chinatown, and we walked to the stadium. 
tell me why I was so out of breath. It was so hot. Yo llevaba mi big old furry jacket because I knew it was going to be cold at night. The day before was freezing all day. And the plan was that it was supposed to rain, the forecast, not the plan. So we were like equipped for when it was going to rain, but I was not equipped to hike. <laughs> I was like huffing and puffing. I was sweating. It was hot. Me and Angela were like, what the hell? And like some girls that we met there were like, this is so much work. And I'm like, I know. And I kept telling Angela, I hope this is not like Firefest. I hope this isn't like Firefest. But I was just joking. I really didn't think that. But I don't know. I had this weird feeling about it. So we get there. It was easy to get in. There was no lines to get in. And we're like, I need a beer. And she's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> so we head to the bar section of the festival. And it's a huge festival. There's a lot of people. But in my head, I'm thinking like, yeah, there's a lot of people. But there's going to be a lot more people. Because we're kind of early. And there's still all those people at Union Station waiting for the shuttle. So we get in line for beer. We're trying to find the shortest line, of course. Um, I hate waiting in lines. <laughs> Confession, like, I can't stand waiting in lines. That's one of my biggest, like, pet peeves, standing in line somewhere. So we're in line at the beer, and ya casi llegamos. It took, like, I don't know, like, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Who's counting? Got her beer, and I told the girl, those are cold, right? She's like, yeah. And then we got our hot beers, and I was like, great. So I told Angela, well, let's down this one and um, let's get another drink because I'm freaking thirsty and this hot beer is just not it. So we get in line and thankfully there is a stage right next to it. There's a screen where we could see who's performing, the music, we're dancing to little cumbias here and there, Ray Max is playing and the line's just not moving and I keep looking. All of a sudden I hear, hey, our systems are down. Like we can't sell you guys anything. And I'm like, what? Like we've been waiting here for like 20 minutes already. And they're like, yeah, our systems are down. And like, well, can you guys take cash? No, we don't take cash. It was a cashless event. Mind you, all the systems kept going down all day, as we heard from other people. So we were kind of like mad at this point. And we're like, oh, let's go somewhere else. So we head to the stage that Angela wanted to see most of the rockero bands. And we find another beer place. So we go get our michis and they're cold. And we did wait like another 30 minutes. So... Uh, we've been at the festival already for like two and a half hours just waiting in lines, okay? And hearing the music, but not really being where the stages are. Whatever. Get our beer, we're talking, we're vibing, like we're giving each other therapeutic sessions about how much we love each other. Because <laughs> that's just what we do. Like we're always like, you're such a good friend. No, you're such a good friend. And, you know, just talking about life and catching up because I hadn't seen her in a while. And then what did we do after? I was like, oh, I got to use the restroom. And, you know, porta potties, not it, but whatever. Working with whatever we have right here. And we walk around, we watch a couple bandas here and just different stages. And she's like, you know what? We should go eat now. We had a breakfast before that because we knew. We knew that there's going to be lines and stuff. So I knew my favorite pupusas were going to be there. So they're called vichos. And we made line at vichos. And I'm not kidding you guys. Like it's nothing to their fault. But the lines. Like I don't think they anticipated this many people. Or maybe they did. I don't know. The lines were insane. But para todo. Para todo. And I was like if I want to make line for food. It's going to be for good food. I'm not going to go wherever. So we got our pupusas like an hour and a half later and then Julieta Venegas was playing right on time. Like we ran to Julieta, not ran, we walked all the way to Julieta Venegas and we're like, oh, we made it and we're singing and she sounds kind of terrible. Not terrible, but I'm being critical. I think I'm just upset about the whole thing. So she sounds like not loud enough and I'm like man the sound kind of sucks and I thought well maybe it's Julieta like I never seen her like no shade to her but I, I thought maybe she doesn't sing loud like that's what it is and then she's like let's go somewhere else so we go see Banda Machos and they're like playing all the music and everybody's dancing and it's pretty cool and we're like all right it's cool and Angela wanted to see Zoe or Zoe Zoe I think so it's a rockero band and we go over there she even had her shirt she was all cute like waiting for her favorite band that she's been wanting to see for a long time so as we're approaching the rockero stage 
I'm like, they're performing already. And she's like, no, they're not. I can't hear anything. I'm like, no, look at them. Like, they're singing. And she's like, no way. No sound, you guys. It had no sound. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And that's the stage that we wanted to see most of the performances. And I don't know if maybe we just jumped to conclusions. But anyways, let me finish telling you. So we're there and she's like, no freaking way. Like, she's in shock, right? And I'm like, that sucks, dude. I'm sorry. And she's like, I just can't believe. And then all of a sudden you hear like the vocalista dice, oh, ya me puedo oír. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, este evento es mierda. And I looked at Angela and I'm like, oh my God, like he said it. I'm like, if it's bad for us, like I thought we were just being little divas and having like, you know, like it's a hot, we had a hike, this and that. But if an artist is telling you that this event is shit, like it's shit. And maybe if you went there and you had a better experience than me, I didn't. But I'm not a like a type of girl that likes to rough it out. The only festival I've been to is Coachella. And obviously Coachella has been around for a long time. So I get that. They have a lot of practice. They know what to expect. So I wanted to be like kind of nice. But the fact that you can't even get the sound to be good on the bands that people paid so much money to see. Like, these tickets were expensive, guys. So finally, the sound comes back on on Zoe. And it's terrible because, like, you could hear that it's wrong. Like, I've been to concerts before and that's the worst. Like, the sound being bad is just, like, such a turnoff that you're like, my favorite band does not sound like this. And you could tell Angela was just like, I'm done. Like, I am so done with today. And I looked at her and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then she's like, let's just go see somebody else. So then we walk around. She's like, you know what? I'm hungry again. So we go get some nachos. And then we finally find a place to sit. There wasn't a lot of places to sit. And we're sitting there. And all I wanted to see, like, I didn't, I mean, I cared to see everybody. But I was like, oh, the next one that I want to see is Bandal Recuerdo. And she's like, yeah, we'll just chill here and we'll wait for them. As we're sitting there, I'm like, dude, I'm tired. Like, my legs freaking hurt. And I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. I could see Banda Recodo another time. Like, I could see another banda. It's cool. She's like, we can go whenever you want to go. And when she said that, I'm like, she wants to go home. Because I know Angela. I've traveled with her. She's my friend. I knew she was done. Like, she was just disappointed. And I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, dude, I'm so freaking done. Let's go to a bar or something. So I'm like, okay, so we're leaving and we're like all enojadas talking smack, like fuck this festival and this and that. And I'm like, can't believe it. And then she told me how much you paid for the tickets. And I was like, oh my God, I like, I knew they were expensive, but damn, I'm like, thank you for bringing me, but I'm sorry this went this way. And then we're walking down and we're like, excuse me, where can we get an Uber? Like, you know, most events have like a ride share parking lot where that's where you get your Uber oh, I don't know, you can ask the person over there. And you ask that person. Oh, I don't know, ask the person over there. And then I ask the next person. And then they're like, oh, you could just walk out to the street. Like, no, duh, I could have done that. <laughs> so then we're walking down and I see like a like a camera and like a guy with a microphone. And I, I jokingly tell Angela, like, oh, I want them to interview me and I'm going to tell them how terrible this festival was. And she just started laughing. And we were just standing there waiting for our Uber. And the guy, the news anchor comes up to me and he's like, oh, like, why'd you guys leave? And I was telling him, I was like, it's terrible. Like, their systems get going down. The audio sucks. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, let me interview you. And I was like, no. <laughs> you guys, he was from El Gordo y la Flaca. And I was like, there's no way. Like, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to become a meme. That's what I told Angela. And she started laughing. I was like, no, no, no. And he's like, come on, guys. I'll take you out for drinks after. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. Thank you. And he's like, oh, come on. So then he started interviewing, like, other people that were leaving, too. And we kind of made friends with him. He's like, I thought you guys were leaving. I was like, yeah, our Uber is lost or something. And we exchanged like Instagrams and he was like, oh, who did you want to see? I was like, Banda Recodo. And then he's like, oh, like, yeah, like I go cover all those bandas. And next time I'll, I'll take you guys. And I'm like, ah, pues yeah, yeah, de aquí somos. <laughs> but it was so funny. And then we went to Bar Flores, which is one of my favorite bars in LA. If you haven't been there, go check it out. And we had a paloma and we're like, let's get out of here because it's been a long day. We're tired. We get on 
another Uber to the parking lot structure. And the Uber driver's like, oh, you guys are already ending your night. I'm like, yeah, we started venting. We're like, what's this festival? He's like, oh, yeah, I heard of it. It was terrible. And he's like, ah, like he was talking shit with us. And it was so funny. It was an adventure. I had a good time because I was with Angela, but I felt bad because she spent so much money on these tickets and it was shit. And then I posted it on Instagram and some people were like, hey, what happened? Or, hey, I've heard so many bad things. And maybe somebody else had a different experience. But in my experience, if you're going to pay that much money for a festival with that many those like there was a lot of good artists and for it to just be shitty audio like that sucks um that person should get fired and hot beer is just not it for me (laughs) like it has so much potential but the venue probably was not a good choice and whoever planned it didn't think that many people were going to show up it was really nice to see a lot of people just getting along like everybody was super nice that's the only thing like we met a lot of cool people but yeah that's the tea about the besame mucho festival i was in bed by 8 p.m <laughs> i think eight no nine estoy exagerando me bañé me dormí and this morning i recorded an episode with my friend chantelle who's been on the podcast before and is also a licensed marriage and family therapist welcome back chantelle hi thank you for having me i'm excited to be here i really am thank you for this opportunity so today's episode is going to be all about setting boundaries and what are boundaries. Yes, boundaries are my favorite to talk about too. I feel like it's like one of the number one things I talk to my clients about. Um, so basically the way I would say boundaries, like I would describe it is basically boundaries are limits that we set with other people, with ourselves, with situations um, so that we protect our values, and the things that are our priority. How do we start setting boundaries? So um, one of the ways that people can start paying attention to like, okay, what are my boundaries, right? Um, I can kind of see when people tell me like, oh, this really bothered me, like triggers, right? I know triggers can be an overused word, but it really is helpful um, in identifying, hey, something's going on right? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling like I'm being used? Why am I feeling um, angry or resentful? Um, or why do I feel like I can't say no to this person, right? Those are things to pay attention to. So when we start to um, experience things uh, in our daily life or with like coworkers, with family members, and something about what they did bothered you, that's something to pay attention to. So when we start to pay attention to that, I always I tell my clients, start writing it down. Write down like the process. What happened for you? Like, oh, they did this and I didn't like that. I told them this and, you know, they didn't listen to me or they still crossed the boundary. And so start paying attention to that. Um, some of the things that I have come across are like when it comes to like money, right? Like I let this person borrow money and then they never pay me back. And now I feel some type of way about them. It's like, yeah, maybe we need to set a boundary surrounding money and that person. (laughs) And so maybe we don't need to be doing that. And so you have to kind of pay attention to like how somebody made you feel comments people make, right? Um, When people make you feel uncomfortable, those are things to pay attention to. So what types of boundaries can, can we set with others? Okay, so there's different types of boundaries, right? So I feel like back to the the other question, like, how do I know, like, what are my boundaries? Or like, how do I, like, what do I pay attention to, right? Um, so there's three different kinds of boundaries that people usually have. So there's obviously healthy boundaries, right? Where we're like, uh, protecting our values, we value our own opinion, we're secure in the way that um, we express things. Uh, we don't compromise those values. We don't overshare, but we don't also like, never share with anyone right those are things that are healthy you have a a healthy balance and then there's boundaries where it's like very rigid which a lot of people do have as well which is like you avoid relationships you avoid like any type of emotional intimacy um you're unlikely to ask for help you have very few close relationships which is not necessarily a bad thing but when we do it when we're so closed off to like we're not sharing anything about our lives at all that's like very you're like have your walls up right those are very rigid boundaries and then there's like porous boundaries um which are like oversharing 
difficulty saying no to others, um, being over-involved in other people's problems, um, being dependent on the opinions of others, even accepting like abuse or disrespect um, because we're fear, we fear rejection from other people. So those are those types of boundaries. Um, and they come in different forms, okay? So there's like physical boundaries, sexual boundaries, emotional boundaries. Uh, I mentioned like money earlier. So it's like uh, financial boundaries uh, and our time as well. So those are the different types that we can set. It just depends on each person's situation, right? There's some people that are really good at setting boundaries with work, and then there's other people who are not. There's really there's people who can do it at work, but then when it comes to family, it's very hard, right? It can be very challenging. I know a lot of people that are like that, that are really good at setting boundaries at home, but not at work or vice versa. Yes. And it can be really hard. I feel like I would be really good at work ones, work boundaries, right? Like clock out at this time. I'm not going to do more than you're going to, you know, I'm not going to do more (laughs) um, than is needed of me. Uh, But then when it would come to like family, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to. But I don't know how to do this with my mom, right? Like, I don't know what to tell her. This is really hard. Um, How do I set this boundary with her? So it just depends on everybody's individual needs. For example, like growing up, uh, Los Latino, you know, we are always very close to our family. And there's always that, oh, es tu papá, o es tu mamá, y tienes que hacer lo que diga ello. So how do you set boundaries in, like, family situations? For example, maybe you don't get along with, like, a tía or something, and you don't want to go to this event where she's going to be there just to remove yourself from the situation, or you go there, but how do I, how do, how does one set a boundary with a family member? Yeah, it's really hard, right? So, I think it I think it all comes with okay, you know what your experience is with this person, right? You know some of the comments that they made. And so let's anticipate that, right? Let's plan for it. Let's say if you absolutely do not feel comfortable to the point where you don't want to go, that's your choice. Right? I always say let's let's try to go cuz why am I going to why do I have to stop going just because of this person, right? But sometimes it's needed, and that's understandable as well. But I always aim for, can we anticipate that that's going to happen? And then let's prepare what we're going to say, right? There's situations like that where you're going to go to a family event or something where you you know somebody's going to say something. Or somebody has something to say. And so have something ready and practice it, <laughs> right? So if she always talks about your weight, right? Or Oh my God, that's a huge one. Yes, I know. And I've experienced that too. It's like, I'm happy the way that I look. I don't, I don't need your comments, right? I'm going to walk away right now because your comments are rude, right? What are, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't appreciate you saying that about me. And it sounds so direct, but like you have to be. Because if people are so direct and that they feel like they can talk to you like that, guess what? You have to be too. <laughs> and be confident, right? And be confident in saying these things. The problem is a lot of people don't feel confident. And so we get into a deeper thing, right? We get into something deeper, which is why do we have this need to care about what other people think, to please other people, and to make sure that everybody's feelings are okay except for ours see that's a problem and that's where a lot of people don't get like you have to work on where are you getting this from as well that's like really good advice because I never thought about it that way like I kind of myself as a person I would just personally avoid going there because I just don't want to deal with it but sometimes you do miss out on events because you might not like what one person makes you feel, but then you kind of feel left out because you didn't go and see the rest of your family. And I, th- I think that's like really eye-opening right now. I'm like, whoa, like I never thought about it that way. But you're right. If someone feels so comfortable telling you about your body or about like bringing up something that you don't want to talk about, then you mm-hmm. just have to be direct. Yes, yes. Money. It's such a huge subject. For example, I grew up in a Mexican household where I had family members that still resided in Mexico that would ask for money. 
how do I set a boundary with money? Like, I know I have it, but I didn't plan on giving it to somebody or lending it to somebody. How do I not feel guilty for saying no or setting a boundary with my money? Right, right, right. And I, I'm in the, I come from a perspective, and I work, work really hard to get, get here, okay? Because I'm like a recovering people pleaser. Same. And so, <laughs> and so, um, one thing I tell myself is like I, it, nobody's gonna make me feel guilty unless I let them, right? So if you have to stand firm on what your decision is, if that's what's best for you, you have to remind yourself of that. Even when somebody's trying to tear down your boundary, you have to actively remember, no, but I said this for myself and that's okay, right? So constantly like reassuring yourself. So I've experienced this too, because mom will be like, oh, this person needs uh, money and I don't know what. And I remember being in college and I remember like, I'm struggling. <laughs> um, Wait, what? And I would be like, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. And then she'll be like, oh, well, I'll put it in for you. And I say, if you want to put it in, that is on you. But I am not going to give you that money for me personally, right? So first figure out, what right we talked about like figure out what your boundaries are if you already have start to feel like I'm not giving out of the generosity of my heart right like the kindness of my heart then guess what that's a good indication of like maybe I shouldn't be doing that and so telling okay uh, this is one this is something that's really good okay so somebody's asking you right and maybe you're unsure or maybe you don't know how to tell them no right away tell them "Mm, let me think about it let me have some time to think about it. Let me see if I can or if I can't. I don't want to make any promises. And so sometimes we feel like we have to respond right away, but that's not true. We can slow it down and be like, you're not going to push me into a corner and make me say yes. And so you take the time, you figure out what your feelings are about it. And then you say, okay, you know what? I don't want to do this. Or yeah, you know what? I could do it. It's not a big deal. If I do this, it's not. I'm not going to feel resentful right? Check in with yourself. I'm not going to feel resentful. I'm not going to be like, oh, I remember when they made me do this. It's like, no, don't let anybody make you do anything. And so write down or have your little speech ready. I'm really big on that. Prepare yourself. What are you going to say? What do you want to say? And when they guilt trip you because they will, how are you going to stand firm, right? So let's say you want to tell them, no, oh, you know, you know, I'm not going to be able to give you that money. I thought about it and it's just not going to, it's not something I can do right now. Oh, but you know, you have so much and you know, you should be able to give other people have less than you. I understand it's so unfortunate that other people have less, but at this time right now, I'm not going to be able to do it. And you don't have to give an explanation. You don't have to over explain. That's not your job. That's one thing that I, my mom, I always tell her, like, let's say, for example, someone invites you somewhere and you, you don't want to go, you don't have the time and she'll be like, oh, es que blah, 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 tengo que hacer esto. Mm-hmm. give this whole explanation. I'm like, why do you have to explain so much? Just say, I can't go. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> yes. You don't owe anybody an explanation. Yeah. If you want to go ahead, but you really don't owe anybody an explanation because then people will be like trying to problem solve for you. And it's like, no, I, I don't need problem solving. I already made my decision. <laughs> that is so true. I never thought about it that way. So, for example, like being at work, you have to set some sort of boundaries when it comes to like, maybe um, you, you start at eight and you leave at five, but your boss asks you to do something after, you know, it's going to take you past five and you don't get paid overtime. How would you respond to your boss? Okay, it depends. There's some really crappy managers and supervisors out there that will try to also guilt trip you and make you feel bad. But it's like, if you are only required to stay until five o'clock, then it's going to be like, oh, yeah, I understand that you need to get that done. And I can get that done for you tomorrow. Or I can get that done for you at this time. But right now I have to leave. I already made plans. It's really short notice. And that's just not going to work for me. And it's really hard because you're coming up against somebody who's kind of a superior, quote unquote, right? And so what are they going to, if, I mean, obviously if they try to fire you or try to do something to retaliate, like that's something to note, 
but maybe you don't want to be working there with someone like that in, in the first place <laughs> you know the reality is there are people that will try to guilt trip you um bosses who were like i need this done right and so it's gonna be up to us to be like okay let me assess where, where i'm at and what's the pattern of this work environment because if they constantly do this to me then i have to set a boundary and be like you know, I would appreciate it. Maybe I can do it this time, but I would appreciate it next time that if you need something done for, you know, done, uh, if you tell me with, with more time, because it makes it very difficult for me to uh, leave on time when I need to, if you do this, right? And so you absolutely can say yes if you want, but honestly, think about it. Like if you're going to stay there and you're going to be like, oh, this is so like annoying, it's going to make you hate your job even more, don't even do it. You know, don't even do it. Just be like, you know what? I, I can do it, but I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get that done for you. Is this a priority? Okay, I can get it done for you tomorrow. First thing, right? And I know that some people have jobs where it's like like immediate. Like if that's part of your job, like you're a salary employee, for instance, it's really hard because it's so expected for you to be like answering a phone call or whenever exactly. But that's a conversation to have with your supervisor to be like, hey, I know this is a salary drop, but it is important for me to have time with my family or it is important for me to have time to um, rest or whatever. Um, these, are the th these are the times that I'm really available. If there's something critical, I will answer. But if not, like, you know, can you do it within this time? Because we need a better balance. I think it's okay to have that conversation, see what they say. These are coming up. Let's say like you have like this food plan that you're on. You get to your family's house. They have tamales. They cook pozole, you know, everything. But you brought like your meal because you're trying to stay on track of your goals. And they're like telling you like, oh, no vas a comer. ¿Cómo que no vas a comer? You know, like how do you set boundaries with like the choices that you make with the food because I know some people are like vegan or they don't eat whatever so how would you respond to somebody kind of telling you that you're unappreciative or like they did all this for you and you brought your own food <laughs> right right that's why I think it's important to tell people beforehand right like if it's our family a lot of them kind of already know unless it's something really really new um and even then it's like tell them ahead of time hey, you guys, I know that you're going to be making this. I'm going to bring this. Maybe you can bring a dish that's vegan, right, to share with. Maybe you can bring something that you can share that you know you're like, for sure I can eat this, right? Let your your family know, hey, you know, you guys know I don't eat this. And so I'm going to bring this, um, you know, so to share. But, any, you know, anybody's welcome to eat it. But this is mostly what I'm going to stick with. Or I'm going to bring my own stuff. Um, and you know, people who love you, like really, like truly care, they will kind of cater to that as well. Right. Or I've had friends who are vegan and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, there's this going to be this available at the party for you. And or there's going to be this. Right. Some people are lactose intolerant. Hey, there's this option for you. Like when you care about somebody, when you love somebody, you're going to have those options knowing that about them. Right. If it's something brand new, maybe it's a little different story. But I think it's really crucial to let people know beforehand what the expectation is. Hey, I know you guys are going to have this. That sounds so good for you guys. But unfortunately, you know, since I'm following this right now, I'm really focused on my health. I really want to make sure that I'm OK and take care of myself. I'm going to bring this and you guys are welcome to, you know, get some, too. But I'm also going to bring this or whatever. And so let's just say you're there. And obviously you tell people and they still make comments because that's the way people are. Then, then, right, you say, saying, if you don't want to have a conversation about it, you say, I don't really want to talk about my eating habits. I just want to eat and I just want to enjoy my time with you guys. That is so simple and we always overthink it. You really do because of all the emotions that are going on, right? So I totally get that. In the moment, it's really hard because you're, you're trying to manage your emotions about it and your anxiety about it already. And then to just like, but, you know, and then just, just go into that situation and figure out the words to say. Sometimes people blank or sometimes we get defensive. It could be really easy to do that. But that's why I say, like, anticipate those things. If you know there's certain people that make comments about you already, it's like, why is there going to be a surprise? I'm just going to have to, like, 
take deep breath and be like, you know, can you excuse me? Like if you absolutely like are triggered and you're like, you can step out, you know, you can go to the bathroom, compose yourself and come back and be like, you know, that really bothered me, that comment that you made. Um, I don't appreciate it. And so I'm going to go sit over there <laughs> or I'm going to go ahead and go now if you feel inclined to do so. Right. But it's really important to just like um, tell people like, oh, I don't really want to talk about that. I don't feel like I don't want to eat, you know, talk about my eating habits. Um, I don't talk about, you know, I don't talk about why are you eating me? I don't talk about why you're eating that or this. Right. And so it's something to just like remember, it's not about you. In any boundaries that we state, it's not really about you, how they react. It's about the other person. Because if somebody tells me, hey, I'm not eating that because I'm not, oh, okay, cool. No problem. Go ahead. Eat what you can. Do you have something? Do you have a meal to eat? Like, you know, do you want us to get something else? Right? That's, that's a healthy way of responding. And if somebody's not responding that way to you, that has more to do with them feeling uncomfortable about their own stuff than you the same thing goes with drinking you know sometimes you just don't feel like drinking and your family just seems to try to peer pressure mm. you know, making you feel oh guilty gosh. for not drinking absolutely oh my gosh i've had this conversation with with several of my clients about drinking and how people make them feel bad like for not drinking it's just like you don't owe anybody an explanation all you have to do is i'm not drinking and that's okay why does it bother you so much why are you drinking right like I think it really just comes down to when people drink, they feel weird when people are not drinking because, I don't know, something, some insecurity of themselves or they start to feel like, oh, you, they don't want to act up. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or some, yeah, some type of insecurity is coming up for that person. So remember that when you're setting boundaries. Not, their reaction isn't about you. Let them handle their reaction. That's, that's not for you. All you have to do is say, you know, I don't want to talk about that. That makes me feel comfortable. I do appreciate you guys inviting me and having all this food here. Um, thank you for offering, but I'm not going to go ahead and accept it right now. So what do you do when you start setting boundaries and someone keeps crossing that boundary? That's really important because a lot of people think setting the boundary is like the only work, but it's, it's not. It's like, that's the hardest part probably for, for us, right? Who are first starting boundaries because it's like, oh, something new. I've never really done this before. I'm introducing this boundary. This is new. This might be hard for other people to adjust to. And that's something to remember. Like other people, you know, sometimes our family has known us our whole lives. And then now we're setting boundaries. They're like, what? You're flipping the script on us, right? And so we have to remember, like, they need time to adjust too. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm going to remind you, right? I'm going to tell you, hey, remember I told you that I'm not going to be drinking? Hey, remember I told you that I'm vegan and I'm not going to be eating that? Yeah, I just wanted to remind you because it seemed like you forgot or something, right? <laughs> and so if they're doing it on purpose, if they're doing it, I always say, like, try to, like, call them out. Like, hey, you know, like, I've already told you this many times, and I'm not really sure why you try to make me feel uncomfortable. But I think I'm just going to go ahead and leave because I, I really don't like the way that you're talking to me or criticizing me right now. And so that leaves a big impact and big message, like, oh, now they're leaving because of something that I said, like, this is more serious. And then when you stop showing up, it's like, oh, wow, they're, it's more serious, right? They're really setting a boundary. And so I feel like it, it can escalate if they continue, because we don't want, we don't want to let people cross our boundary. So we just have to repeat what you said, repeat what you told them. Hey, remember, I, I told you I wasn't going to be able to do that because of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely forgot. Okay, cool. And then if they adjust, great. And if they fight you on it, hey, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm not here to, like, defend myself. This is what it is. And I understand if you don't like it, but we don't have to do that. Right. We're not here to defend our boundaries. We're not here to whatever. But you can tell people and just remind them, hey, remember I told you this? Mm -hmm. And if people are doing it intentionally, that's something to reevaluate. One thing that I read is um, if you start setting boundaries with people and they start acting all kinds of crazy, like they really start to um, intentionally cross those boundaries and not respect your boundaries, not respect you. That's a sign that you needed those boundaries a long time ago. And that's confirmation that those boundaries are good. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'd really like that. <laughs> no, that, that's really eye-opening. Sometimes you set them 
and you start feeling bad, you know, like the guilt always comes. You have to kind of train yourself for that to come once you start setting those boundaries because it's a a zone that you've never been in. And that, like for me, like recovering people pleaser here too, it, it was so hard to say no. Like some like examples, like for with my family, sometimes I'm the type that would be, I have plans with my friends, but you know, my family's getting together, but I had those plans with my friends a long time ago, but I will cut that short just to make it to my family's house. And then it just didn't make sense. And I was kind of like cutting myself short until I started saying like, oh, I already have plans that day. We could plan something else like another day. Like I'd be happy to go and you know, I used to feel bad for not showing up and, like, not being everywhere. Like, I was the type of person, like, you know, if I was in a relationship, I was, like, boyfriend, family, friend, like, one day. And it was driving me crazy. And now that I'm more like, well, I have plans with Chantel this weekend. Like, I can't do that. I feel so much more, like, at peace. Like, just kind of, like, resting. And I just feel all all around like better about myself (laughs) I love that and you know what what I love about that is you're honoring your needs right and you're and you're actually like this is thing that I'm working on myself is like self-trust it's like if if I say I'm gonna do something then I'm gonna trust myself that I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna follow through right if I say oh I'm gonna make these plans then I try my best to like make like keep those plans right because that now we're not being controlled by like whatever comes up. We are like slowing down, being like, oh, you know, we're making thoughtful choices. And that feels so much more peaceful. So, you know how we talked about someone keeps constantly crossing that boundary. Sometimes it comes to a point where you have to cut this person out of your life. And if, for example, it's a family member, cut them out of your life because they kept crossing your boundaries and you just, it wasn't good for you anymore to be in that situation now your other family members are trying to guilt trip you for cutting off that family member porque es tu familia how do you respond to those family members oh uh, well first i would put a boundary like i'm not talking about that with you this has nothing to do with you that's between me and the person and i understand your concern but that's not something that i want to talk to you about Right. Because I don't want to hear it. Like I made my decision. Nothing anybody can say is going to change that for me. I have to come to that conclusion myself because all it's going to do, hearing everybody out is just going to make me feel bad or it's going to make me question it or it's going to make me um, maybe even be like, I want to cut you off, too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> like you guys could all just stop you know you can all and just although, hang out together <laughs> yes yes and although I think it's really good to like hear people out sometimes because they might have a point there's there comes a time where we have to just trust our own like self-reflection and be able to be like you know what this is what's best for me if I start to feel more like a weight is off my shoulders now that this person is not constantly in my life that's a really good indication that that was a good decision so stick by it and people are gonna come they're gonna be like oh pero es tu papá es tu mamá es tu hermana you know how come you don't help them blah 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 you know what I understand that but it's because you know I need I need to take care of myself also it wasn't good for me that I need to do this and so I'm not gonna say anything else this is where I stand. It sounds like you're having trouble with it. Maybe you need to talk to somebody about the way this is affecting you. Because that's not my problem. It's hard, though. Like, I just want to emphasize, like, we're saying these things, but, like, it's in real time and, like, people's real life. Like, this is hard stuff. Like, this is not, this is a journey. So if sometimes you set a boundary and then next time you forget to set that boundary or you, like, feel like oh like I'm being cornered and I and I uh fall into it and I let them cross the boundary don't beat yourself up learn from it just be like oh my god that that would have been a good way to set a boundary you know what let me go and let them know like change my mind or you know what I'm just gonna follow through with this but next time I'm gonna make sure I set this boundary and so take it as information every situation every trigger that you experience 
take it as information and use it to help you with the next scenario. So we have a couple questions from some of the listeners. One is, after cutting off someone, do you ever doubt the decision you made? And how do you deal with it? I think I have. I mean, I think it's natural to like doubt, to be like, is this really the decision that I want to make? Or was that decision that I made, you know, a good one? And so it's really hard because I feel like it's very vague in a sense. It very, It really is case by case, right? And so... One of the things you have to look at is how are you feeling now that this person is gone, right? Like, how are you feeling now that you cut off this person? Remember why you cut them off in the first place, because we tend to forget that even in breakups, you forget to forget you. We tend to forget like all the negative or whatever bad things, whatever you want to call it, that happen. And we like romanticize the relationship and like, oh, but we had such good times. We did this. But it's like you cut them off for a reason. What is that reason? Now, you have to ask yourself, did I do it out of impulse because I was angry and I couldn't manage my feelings, right? And I couldn't make it work or or we couldn't make it work together? Or is there something that was thoughtful? Like, I really thought it through. It, It was a constant. It felt just so disrespectful constantly. I didn't really, like, I didn't get anything out of this relationship. It wasn't a two way street. I was giving, but I wasn't getting much back or I was getting hurt in the process, those are the things you have to remember. So if you have to write it down, what is the reason? (laughs) I'm very a big advocate of like writing things down, get it off your mind, get it on paper, talk about it, whatever. But like, write it down. Come on, keep an Excel sheet of every time someone crosses your boundary and date and what they did. Honestly, like, you know how you were talking about relationships and like, like just remembering like after a breakup, I remember after my breakup, I made a list of reasons why it wasn't a good idea to get back with this person. And when I had like weak moments, I would read it and then it would piss me off. And I'd be like, I made the right decision. Yes. Yes. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> remember the state you were in. Remember that this person was not good for you. <laughs> but but back to the question, right? Because they said like, how do you deal with that? Right. And so like the the feeling itself, acknowledge it. I feel like I'm not I'm I feel confused I feel guilty I feel like I'm like now I'm second guessing myself and it's okay to feel that way I'm all about don't judge your feelings just accept them let them be but then also remember those things why did I do this in the first place you know I do miss them this is part of grieving when you kind of let go of someone right you grieve and you talked about that right in your own life you grieve somebody who's still alive and maybe even is around, but you don't talk to them anymore. And you can appreciate what you had in the good times, but that doesn't mean you have to stay, continue with, you know, them crossing your boundaries and the disrespect. So another question is, does setting boundaries get easier as you get older and learn about it? I say yes and no, right? <laughs> I feel like it's never one or the other, really. I'm I'm kind of in the middle, but personally, I can say yes. And what I've seen in clients is yes, it gets easier for them. It gets easier to say no. So practice saying no. I want to say no to this, right? I'm, nope, I don't want to do that. No. And so it does get easier. And the more you, the more you kind of do it and practice that and stand up for yourself, because that's what boundaries is. You stand up for you. You have a voice. You stop listening to what's other people going to say? What are other people's voices saying? Forget that. Let's talk about you. You're standing up for yourself when you put boundaries. And so when you do that, you feel more confident. You feel like, oh my gosh, okay, I got through it. I got through the guilt. Maybe I felt guilty, but I got through it and it's okay now. And I actually feel better for doing it. And so the more you do it, the more confident you feel. And as you feel more confident, it becomes more of a natural thing. Like this is just the expectation now for me. There's no going back. Now, the part where it doesn't get easy is when new scenarios present themselves or new people, and they start to maybe cross your boundaries in different ways that you're like, oh, man, I haven't experienced this before. And so then you go back, you become aware, you reflect, why don't I like this, what's happening, and then you set the boundary. But that's not a step back. That's just part of the process. Yeah, it's just a learning process and trial and Mm -hmm. error. Exactly. 
So do you have any recommendations on any books that help you with setting boundaries? Yes. So there's um, there's one called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. And it's by Nidra Glover Tawar. Tawab, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like probably butchering her name. Um, but it's so good. Set Boundaries, Find Peace. That's what it's called. Um, it's really good. It really lays out the basics of like what are boundaries, some of the things that I've already talked about, like rigid boundaries and, and healthy boundaries, what that looks like. And it kind of goes into depth about like other like reactions, right, that you'll probably get from people. Um, and it's just a really good book to start setting boundaries. Um, another resource that I would recommend is uh, there. there's a meditation app called Insight Timer. And so they have a series of like boundary series. So it's information you get to listen and you do like day one, day two, day three or whatever. And that can be very helpful as well. The more you surround yourself and feed your mind with like things about boundaries and feeling confident, those are the things that you're going to get out of it, right? Like you're going to start practicing that. That's going to be more helpful. That is such great advice. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, taking time out of your day to share your knowledge. I'm sure this isn't the last time you're going to be on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. No, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, I love what I do. These are things that I talk to clients about all the time. And for anybody that's like really trying to set boundaries in their life, good for you. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. And it could be so easy just to be like, oh, well, I'm going to do, you know, whatever. I'm just going to care about what everybody else is and let my life be dictated by that. But one thing I will say is when you start choosing boundaries, you start choosing yourself and you start living for yourself. Not based on what other people do, not based on what other people think or say about you. And that's really the best thing you could do for yourself. Just speak up for yourself and defend, you know, what you want to do in your life. Because it's really, really hard. And sometimes we're going to hurt the people that we love. But it's because we love them also that we set boundaries. Because I don't want to resent you, <laughs> right? Like I don't want to resent you. I'm doing this. For me, because I want to be happy. For the both yeah, of us. Yeah, for the both of us, exactly. But thank you so much for having me on, honestly. <clears throat> I know I'm a little bit sick. My voice sounds kind of crazy. But honestly, um, this is great. I hope that people benefit from this information. That's really what it's all about. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, where can people find you? Um, my IG handle is Chantel, C-H-A-N-T-A-L-L-L-M-F-T. Um, so that's where people can find me. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I really enjoyed recording with Chantel. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow me at Unbreakable Latina on Instagram and TikTok. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye!